If you got your Bibles, why don't you open them up to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8 is where we're going to be uh, looking at. And, you know, we live in this great city. You know, we live in, we live in Aberdeen. And Aberdeen's famous for a lot of things, right? Uh, we're the hub city. That's, that's what we're known by. We've got all these trains and stuff. So you've probably waited in line behind a train and then watched it stop and then go back the other way and all that stuff. Because we're the hub city and we love that, right? And we're also famous for, uh, I think we are like the, the leading carrier of our state bird, uh, the mosquito, right? And it just, you know, we, we love mosquitoes around here. We've got plenty of those. We're also known uh, for our mild winters and just, you know, just how beautiful it is and it doesn't get cold here at all and all that stuff. And then, of course, we're famous for that thing that's right across the street, Storybook Land, right? How many of you guys have been to Storybook Land? You're not, a, you're not an Aberdonian if you haven't been to Storybook Land. And uh, as a parent of young kids, I visit Storybook Land at least 20, 20 times a summer, right? Some of you guys have been there. It's just like they can't get enough of it. They love it. They love the, the slides. They love uh, the castle. They love the animals going on the train rides and doing all that stuff. And that's nice, you know, for the kids. And we walk along and, you know, hey, this is good. That corn's a little taller than the last time, you know, it, and it's great. And, uh, but for me, I, I don't get excited about all that stuff. But one thing I do get excited for is when we walk down that path and all of a sudden I see the maze, all right? I love the maze because that's where kids and adults are equals, okay? I can't see over the walls, neither can they. So it's equal. One-on-one, -on -one, we're going to, someone's going to win and someone's going to lose. And I love doing the maze. And it uh, doesn't matter how many times I've done it, I still get it wrong. I still mess up. Has anybody ever been there before? And I mess up on that thing and I mess up on it constantly. And I'm walking through there, I'm doing the whole twisty thing, and then the twisty thing back, and then you get out, and it's just like, okay, do I go left or go right? Uh, which way do I go? And I'm thinking about it, all right, left or right, left or right, and I'm like, well, this way looks familiar, uh, so I'm going to go with this way. And I start walking through, and I'm like, yeah, this looks familiar, I've got this right, and all of a sudden, boom, dead end. It looks familiar because I took the same dead end the last time. That's why. I shouldn't go with the familiar thing, I should go with the unfamiliar thing. And uh, the nice thing about dead ends is it, it tells you, like, okay, you gotta, you got to regroup. you got to go back and, and get back on the right path, right? And then you go again, you run into another dead end. And uh, i got to be honest. I, I've got to confess today, you know, I'm racing my son or racing my daughters through it. And uh, I may have, maybe you've been here before, I may have uh, pulled out Google Maps and zoomed in. And the problem is this is what you see. It didn't help. I just wasted time looking at Google Maps because that does not give me any better picture of uh, the maze that I'm trying to get through. It just was a, all in the shadows. So I wasted time. Cheaters never prosper, something like that. And, and so you're going through and you just ah, eventually you get out and you're not stuck in there forever. Although sometimes, you know, you might have a little panic attack because uh, you're just not sure the way out. And in life, I think we go through something similar. Uh, we if you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, you get in there, you're all excited, and you know your finish line, right? You know the finish line you're shooting for is eternity in heaven, eternal life, to spend time with Jesus, and it's going to be great. So you, you run into that maze called life, and you're trying to make every decision, you're trying to make every turn based on the ending point, right? I want to go to heaven. I want to be with Jesus, so I'm going to make the right decisions, and, you, and you're doing good. You're weaving through that maze, and you're making the right choices, but then all of a sudden, eventually you start seeing some other, you know, paths, the left and right. And that one, you know, that one looks pretty comfortable. That one looks pretty nice. It looks like there's maybe a piece of candy down at the end of that, you know. And so you, you maybe veer off the path a little bit. And you think, I, I've got time and it's okay. And, and so you go down that and eventually you're walking, you're walking and dead end. You hit a dead end. And that's almost like a wake-up call. And again, dead ends are good things because it helps you realize you're on the wrong path. And you just wish, you know, in this maze called life, we could kind of have that aerial shot. Like, if I could just see God, if you could just show me what's coming up so that way I could make these decisions a lot easier. And it, it wouldn't be so much work, but we only see a little bit at a time and we're constantly faced with all these wedges in the way, we're faced with all these decisions and these split paths, and, and we're trying to figure out how do I stay focused? How do I stay on track? How do, we, how do we stay focused, right? And that's the question we're looking at today. How do we stay focused on the big goal? How do we stay on the right path 
in life when there's just so many decisions and so many choices and it just feels like we're, we're stuck in this big maze. And I feel like this is a, these are kinds of questions that we ask often at the beginning of a new year. And uh, we, we start contemplating these New Year's resolutions, and sometimes they last for a week, sometimes they last for a month. Hey, sometimes they even last uh, for a whole year. You know, we're trying to stay focused on this big goal. We're trying to make these changes to make things happen. Uh, so help me out here. How many of you in 2021, you made a resolution at the beginning of the year, and you stuck with it all the way through the end of 2021? Raise your hand if you completed a New Year's resolution from last year. Man, I'm disappointed in you guys. Come on. Not a single hand in the building. All right, raise your hand if you, if you made a goal last year and you didn't keep it. I'm in that boat too. Yeah, that's a lot of us, right? We, we make those resolutions and, and we don't keep it. So today, uh, what I don't want to do is have you make a New Year's resolution. Okay, that's, that's, not, that's not our goal today. But the goal today is, as we look in Scripture, it's going to give you tools to help you stay more focused on the big picture to help you refocus on what's most important. So not like this goal that you can never do, but these are tools to help you uh, focus in on what's most important, focus in on what's right. So again, we're in Luke 8, and I read this passage about a month ago, and when I read it, it was kind of like a dead end in a maze for me. Like it, it just woke me up. It was a wake-up call of like, oh, okay. You know, thank you, Jesus, for waking me up to that reality. And my prayer is that it can do the same for you today. Uh, this is one of those passages that I feel like I've read a thousand times. You guys ever read a passage like that? You've read a thousand times. You've heard it preached a hundred times. And so when I get to one of those passages, I tend to just like read through it quick, you know, and be like, I got this one. You know, I've heard it preached. I've broken this thing down a thousand different ways. I know this passage. I've got it. Check the box. Jesus, I'm good. I mean, it's in three of the Gospels, so it's like you're constantly reading uh, this parable. And so that's typically what happens when I come to Luke chapter 8 and I read the parable of the Sawyer. So let me give you a little bit of a uh, reminder. So Jesus, he's, he's out there teaching, and, and he's got a, a vast audience, and he starts to tell this parable of the Sawyer. He says there's, there's a sower out there, and he's sowing seeds, and he sows some seeds along the path. And the seed stays on top of the ground, so the birds come and they take away the seed. And he sows some seed on the rocky soil. And it grows up quick, but it has no moisture, it has no root, so it dies quickly as well. And he throws some seed on the thorny soil, and it grows up among the thorns, and, and it grows up, but eventually the thorns choke it out. And then he throws seed on the fertile soil, and it grows up and it produces 100 times, 100 times fruitful of what it was. Right? And so I look at these four categories. I look at these four things. The, you know, you've got the path. You've got the rocky soil. You've got the thorny soil. You've got the fertile soil. And, and I, I always look at it and I always thought, like, I'm fertile soil. Right? I, I'm fertile soil. I know Jesus. I am fertile soil. I go to church. I am fertile soil. I read my Bible. I must be fertile soil. I mean, I'm not rocky soil. If I was rocky soil, I wouldn't be serving Jesus anymore. I'm not thorny soil because if I was living among the thorns, I would have been choked out by now. I must be fertile soil. So I always read this passage and think, check the box. I've got it. Maybe you've done that too. So I want to take a closer look at this today because uh, after Jesus tells this parable, the disciples were standing there like, Jesus, I don't get it. Can you, can you explain that to me? Maybe some of you are sitting there like, what's he talking about? Seeds and planting and gardening? Uh, I thought this was church, not gardening school. Uh, so Luke 8, chapter, verse 11, this is where he begins to break it down for the disciples. Luke 8, verse 11 says this. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy, but these have no root. They believe for a while, in a time of testing, they fall away. So for you, maybe, maybe you identify with one of these first two types of soils, and that's a wake-up call to you. You know, maybe you're, you're living on the path, right? You came here today, you've never accepted Jesus, you're just like, some friend dragged me or my parents dragged me uh, to church today, and I'm here, and I'm not happy about it, and I... 
how long are you going to preach today, right? And, and you're ready to go or you're listening online and same thing. And, and, uh, but the seed is the word of God. And we're going to keep planting that, keep throwing that out. And maybe today's your wake-up call to say, you know what? I need to finally accept it for the first time. And today you can do that. Or maybe you're on the rocky soil. And you've accepted Jesus before and you got off uh, on a good start and you were fired up and you were excited about Jesus and you were sitting in the front row raising your hands and then two months into your relationship, all of a sudden everything went off the rails and you went back to living the way you used to live. In fact, probably worse than you used to live and, and you're just feeling like you're at a dead end and today maybe this is a wake-up call saying, I need, I need to make things right again. I need to get back on the right path. And today, today's the day you can get back on that, that right path. You can get refocused today. Now, for me personally, my, my dead end, that wake-up call came in the next verse, in verse 14. And it says, And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil... They are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. So when I read this verse about the thorns, I had to, I had to stop and ask myself a couple of questions because I wanted to make sure that I wasn't living among the thorns. And the questions I asked were this, am I producing fruit and am I giving in to life's worries, riches, and pleasures? Because it says if you're living among the thorns that... Life's worries, riches, and pleasures are choking you out, and that you're not producing good fruit anymore. Your fruit does not mature. So, so am I producing good fruit? That's something I needed to look at and say, do I have fruit? Do you have fruit today? Galatians, it tells us that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Do I have those things in my life? Do you have those things in your life? Are, are you showing that? Do you, have, do you have fruit? Are people coming to know Jesus around you? Are you building other people up? Are people growing in their walk with Jesus because they're around you and you're encouraging them and you're building them up? Or is that not happening? Is there fruit in your life? Is there fruit in your life? These are the questions I started asking myself. Am I giving in to life's worries, riches, and pleasures? Am I constantly worried about finances? Am I constantly worried about relationships? Am I worried about protection? Am I worried about my safety? Am I worried about the future? Like, am, Have I given that to God or am I just worried about everything? Am I more concerned about my own comfort than I am about the eternity of my neighbor? I had to wake up call. Am I more concerned about my own comfort than the eternity of my neighbor? Right? Are we living among the thorns. See, the thorns are tricky. Thorns are tricky because when you're on the path or you're on the rocks, you know you are because you're not serving Jesus anymore. But, it's, but the thorns, you can sit in a pew all your life and not realize that you're living among the thorns. You can sit in a pew your whole life thinking you're fertile soil and not realize that you're living among the thorns and, and they're choking you out. Now, uh, growing up, we had a garden in the backyard. It was maybe, I don't know, about the size of this platform. It was a good-sized garden. And I loved some of the stuff in there. I loved our potatoes. Uh, we had beans. Those were constant every year. Uh, so lots of digging potatoes and lots of snapping beans and picking beans and all that good stuff. But they were great. I loved it. We had asparagus. Stuff's good. Fresh asparagus. And then we also had some nasty stuff like tomatoes and peppers in there. I don't know why we planted them, but somebody must have eaten them. And then the rest of the garden was kind of like experimental. You know, carrots one year, onions another year. And one year, my favorite experiment we ever did, uh, my dad got a hold of some raspberry plants. And so we planted raspberries. And that was a good year. That was a good year. I, I don't know if they sprouted the, or they came up the first year, but the, for sure the second year. And those things produce raspberries like I've never seen raspberry plants produce raspberry. I mean, it was just like you'd go out there and it was like snack time. You know, you could just eat those all day long. And we were picking quarts and quarts of these things. And it was delicious. It was awesome. And then the next year came and uh, all of a sudden the plants like multiplied in there. I was like, this is great. We're going to have so many raspberries, and I love raspberries. This is going to be good. And, and so the, it started getting thicker. It was almost hard to, like, walk through and, and get to the plants. And they grew up, and a strange thing happened. 
instead of getting more raspberries, because we had more plants, we actually got less raspberries. And they're like, what's going on here? That doesn't make sense. And, and the next year, the patch got thicker and thicker to the point you couldn't even walk in there. But it the, didn't matter because none of the plants were even producing raspberries. I mean, it was like rare to find a raspberry in there. It's just, what's, what's going on? The thing is, as they grew and, and as they multiplied in that space and they stayed confined in that space, they started choking each other out. They still looked like raspberry plants. They still grew like raspberry plants. But they didn't have any fruit. And they were worthless raspberry plants at that point. I didn't like that. I didn't like that any longer. And in this passage, it says that if we are not producing fruit, then we're living among the thorns. If we're not producing fruit, then we're living among the thorns. And that's, man, that's a wake-up call to me. And I hope that's a wake-up call to you today. See, maybe you used to produce fruit but you aren't now. And we can't live off of yesterday's fruit. We can't be excited about the harvest we got last year. It's a new year. We need new fruit for a new year. You may look like a Christian. You may go to church. You may say the right things or act the right way, but are we producing fruit? See, Jesus made it even more black and white. A couple chapters earlier in Luke chapter 6, it'll be on the screen. It says this, for no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So Jesus made it really plain and simple. Good trees produce good fruit. Bad trees produce bad fruit. Flip it around. If you've got bad fruit, you're a bad tree. If you've got good fruit, you're a good tree. And for me, I hate how black and white that is. Like, Jesus, can't we have some room for gray in there? Like, can't I just be like a good tree in a dry year? You know, can't I be a good tree who got sprayed with some pesticides and I'm working out my problems? You know, can't I be a good tree, but we had a late frost and, you know, I lost all my fruit? Can't I be a good tree, but I'm just still growing and I'm not ready to bring in a full harvest yet? But Jesus makes it black and white. Good trees produce good fruit. Bad trees produce bad fruit. So today, are you living among the thorns or are you in fertile soil? See, the good news about living in the thorns is there's still hope. You don't always have to live in the thorns. You can make some changes. Uh, you, can, you can put some hard work and you can, you can get rid of those thorns. You can get rid of those weeds. The good news about dead ends is it's a wake-up call that you can turn around and get back on the right path. Sometimes pain is good because pain is a warning sign that something is wrong. So today, if you're feeling like, oh, man, this is a wake-up call, that's a good thing. So we can get back on the right path. We, we can get refocused. You know, that raspberry patch, we kind of let it go. Eventually, we tried tearing it out, and uh, we didn't get all of the raspberries out of there. Some of them still sprouted up the next year. But because we cleared out so much of it, they had space to grow. And guess what? They started producing fruit again. And the same thing in our lives. We can do some hoeing, we can get some things out of the way, and we can start producing fruit in our lives. It says here that the difference between fertile soil and thorny soil, the difference between bearing fruit and not bearing fruit, are life's worries, riches, and pleasures. That's, that's our, really our holdup. Those are the thorns that are holding us back. It's not so much that the riches and pleasures of this world are evil, but it's when our desire for those things outweighs our desire for Jesus. And they get in the way of Jesus. That's, that's the thing. Having nice things, it's not a bad thing. It's not bad to drive a nice car or live in a nice house. But it's bad when we desire those things more than we desire Jesus. It's a heart issue. So how do we change our hearts? How do we refocus so we can become fertile soil? Well, we've got a powerful tool in the Bible, and it's mentioned over 70 times. And this is a way we can get rid of some weeds, get rid of some thorns, and, and, and it's a way we can refocus. And, and that is fasting. We refocus by fasting, by giving up some of those life's riches and pleasures that we have in our lives so that we can focus more on Jesus. See, Jesus himself, he talks about fasting several times, and on one occasion he's teaching about fasting, and he says, when you fast. He doesn't say, if you fast. He says, when you fast. It was something he expected of us to be doing, something he expected us uh, to be practicing. 
In the New Testament church, we see them fasting and praying when they're trying to make a critical decision, when they're trying to uh, seek God's will, when they're looking for a breakthrough. We, we see people fasting and praying. So what is fasting? Uh, in the Bible, most often when it talks about fasting, it's talking about giving up food or food and water for a particular portion of time and uh, taking that, those worldly desires away from us for a time and say, you know what, God, you are more important than even me eating food today. Like, God, I want you that much. I'm going to put away my earthly desires and I'm going to focus on you. I'm going to focus on you. And as we give up our desires and as we give God attention, God moves in powerful ways. I mean, it is a powerful tool in our lives. Uh, You know, parents out there, I think about our kids this last week, uh, you know, our kids were all home, and, and so that was a great time, and, and I always thought it was cool when my kids would, you know, they'd put down the, whatever they were playing with, the Barbie dolls, or the Legos, or the tablet, and, and all of a sudden, they, they'd come over and sit on my lap and be like, Dad, would you, would you play with me? You know, they give you the puppy dog eyes, and they look, and you're like, Dad, would you, usually it was like, Dad, would you get me a snack? You know, you just give me a snack, or Dad, would you, you play a game with me? And, and as a parent, it's just like, how do I say no to that, you know? Like, they, they put everything else aside so they could just spend time with me. And then watch out when they tag team, and all three of them came up and, and said, like, Dad, will you play? Like, okay, okay, yeah, you don't have to bend my arm. I'll do that. Maybe you've been there before. And the same thing with fasting. It's, it's putting aside our desires. It's putting aside the things that we get busy with and saying, God, I just want to spend time with you. God, I, I just want your will to be done. And you know, we have a good heavenly Father. And, and when we take the time and we focus on God, He's going to pour out on us. And and watch out. Imagine if our whole church said, you know what, we're just going to fast and we're going to go to God together. You know, we're we're going to go. Watch watch what God could do. He can do incredible things when we put away our desires and we seek him. So we can fast food. uh, But we can fast other things as well. Because there's lots of things that pull our attention away from Jesus. Uh, You may need to fast social media. You know, you're, you're addicted to that thing. You know, it's funny how you, know, you can go on your phone, you feel like you're on it for just a minute, and then at the end of the week it says, you spent 13 hours a day on your phone. Like, when did that happen? It just goes so fast. But what if we took that time and, and we rerouted it, and we said, you know what, God, I'm going to give up the, these certain hours a day. God, I'm going to stay off of Facebook you know, for the next month. I'm going to do these different things. Maybe you need to, to fast entertainment. You know, and, and you're just like, well, I don't even have anything left on Netflix to watch. Great. Give it up for a little while and say, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to seek you. You know, maybe you need to fast uh, the news at night because it's just pulling you away from God and it's giving you worries. It's giving you anxiety. And you say, you know what? I'm going to take that time and I'm going to honor you, God. You know, maybe you need to fast from some of the music that you're listening to. It's bringing you down right? The, the, the beat might be good, but the lyrics that you're listening to are just causing pain and heartache and encouraging you to do things that you know are wrong. And you need to fast the secular music. Maybe you need to fast just certain foods. Maybe you're constantly running to, you know, the dessert table before anything else. And it's just, you go there for comfort and you say, you know what, God, I need to go to you for comfort rather than to food for comfort. Maybe you need to give up some addictions. You need to fast. Uh, some, maybe it's that, that daily Starbucks run or something like that. You say, you know what, God, I could be using this for greater purposes. Uh, maybe it's, you know, if you've got an addiction that's just bringing you down, you've got a sin issue, that's a great thing to fast. In fact, you, can, you don't have to fast it just for a day or a week. You can fast it for the rest of your life, and you'll be okay, right? So if you've got addictions in your life that's just, it's constantly bringing you down, that's something you can say, God, I'm going to give this to you. I don't know how I'm going to beat this thing, but God, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to turn to you. And here's the big thing about fasting, and something I think we get wrong often. A lot of times we look at fasting as just something we give up. But it's a lot more than what we give up. See, when you fast and whatever you choose to fast, don't simply give something up. But use what you gave up and focus it on God. It's not just giving something up, but it's using what you gave up and focusing it on God. See, virtually every time in Scripture when it talks about fasting, it it pairs it with praying. Fast and pray. Fast and pray. So you could say, you know what, God, every Friday, I'm going to give you my lunch hour. I'm going to give up lunch, which is great. But then if you spend that hour doing something else, that's just another thorn. It's just another thorn. But if you spend that hour and say, you know what, this is the time 
Like I fasted my lunch, not, not just for the food thing, but God, so I can give you more of my time. So I can spend more time in prayer. So, so if you're giving up, uh, you know, you're sacrificing other things so you can have more time, fill that time with Jesus. Fill that time to focus on God. Refocus your time, your money, and your talents that used to be used on something else and focus them on Jesus. So when you, you fast and when you give up food, take that extra time you gain and pray. When you give up that addiction, right, instead of spending the money on the alcohol or the cigarettes or, or even the coffee or something like that, use that money that you used to spend on that and use it to, to do something to glorify God. Give it to missions. Give it to somebody who's in need. Use that uh, for God. When you give up on social media or Netflix and you fast on that for a time, refocus that, that time that you gain by spending it in God's word and reading God's word. You know, this is a great time of year where you can say, you know what? I'm going to start reading God's word. In fact, I'm going to get through the Bible in a whole year, right? Maybe some of that was your, some of the view that was your goal last year and maybe you didn't make it all the way through. Don't give up. It's okay if you get through the Bible in two years, all right? That's, that's perfectly acceptable. But what we need to do is not give up. So I encourage you guys, keep reading your Bible. That's where God's going to change you. His word is living and active. So, so use that. In fact, today, um, I, I brought a couple resources with me, and I want to give them away. Uh, I've got uh, a couple one-year Bibles. And uh, I know I've mentioned these a couple times before. I've got a one-year chronological Bible that brings you through from start to finish like it's one big story. Uh, the Bible you typically have isn't laid out 100% in order, but this one does. And uh, so this gives you like one day. It's not even arranged by chapter and verse. It's arranged by days of the week. So you can go to April 8th and look at April 8th or January 2nd today. And I also have this cool one-year Bible. And this one organizes it so you get part of the Old Testament, part of the New Testament, part of Psalms, part of Proverbs every single day. So for those of you who start out really good and you get through Genesis and Exodus and then you run in to Numbers and, uh, and, and Deuteronomy and, and all those fun things and, and uh, Leviticus, this is the Bible for you because it gets you in the Gospels every single day. It gets you in Proverbs. It gets you in Psalms every day. So would somebody like, I've, I've got six copies of these. Just raise your hand up in the air if you would like one of these Bibles, and I'm going to just come around to you right now. So camera, I'm sorry, I'm coming off camera. Which one would you like? Chronological or the other one? This one? All right, somebody else, go ahead. Raise them up, we'll get them to you. There you go. Now, the goal is you've got to read this thing, okay? That's the deal. Perfect. I got two left. We'll hit up anybody in that section over there in the balcony. Got somebody? Chronological. There you go. I got one left. Anybody else? Behind? Perfect. Perfect. Awesome. There we go. All right. So just some useful tools. And if you're like, oh, man, I wish I would have gotten one of those, uh, you can go on our website at afa.church if you're joining us online. And those plans are actually, uh, you can click just scroll down a little bit, you'll see a little scrolling picture saying uh, Bible reading plans. You can click on that. It's got all those plans, even links to where you can buy those. And a great way, so I encourage you to use those. You know, something really happens when we set aside our comforts and we focus on Jesus. And I can tell you all about that. And I can tell you story after story. But I think, I think it would be great today to hear from someone who's experienced that firsthand who said, you know, I'm going to put aside my comforts, and I'm just going to do what God wants me to do. So, uh, Titus, why don't you come on down? Titus is going to share a testimony today. God has done something incredible in your life uh, at a moment that you least expected. Titus has been coming to the church for, we're talking two and a half, maybe three years. Uh, that should be on, so you're, you're good to go. But Titus is going to share just a little bit of what God is doing, and I'm excited for you to hear this. In fact, when you sent me what God did in your life, you messaged me on Facebook, and I read through what, what God did, and I got so excited I forgot to message you back for a day because I was telling everybody else about what God did in your life. So I'm excited for you to share uh, with the people. Why don't you share your testimony today? Thank you. Uh, well, okay. <clears throat> so um, this is actually a great time to share this because uh, it's very cold outside. And um, um, anyhow, so... I've been praying for the gifts of the Holy Spirit uh, in particular 
because I was raised not to, you know, these things. I'd, I'd hear like, okay, these things are not for today. I'm speaking in particular of uh, prophecy, the gift of tongues and their interpretation, and also um, healings as well. And um, I've just been pressing into that because I see in myself an insufficiency to be a witness and effective witness for, for Christ. And so this, I believe, has been a great breakthrough that happened, uh, I think, a month ago um, out at the soybean plant where I work. It was December 6th, um, Sunday, yeah, at 4.30 a.m. I was out night shift, and it wasn't quite as cold as it is now, as it has been the past week, but it was zero even, and the wind chill was probably below zero. And, you know, night started out quite well. I went through my, went through my day, went through the night with a hot cup of coffee, you know, I was set. I managed to stay inside most of the time. And, um, but the time came around 3.30 that our team had to bundle up and, you know, man up and get out and do some inventory checks and get some measurements. And um, one of the things that was my turn to do that particular day, I actually did that last night again under much better circumstances. But the... The thing was, um, our, the kaboo that we use, so we go out and what we use is a handheld device. Uh, think about a um, oversized remote for a TV. That's what it looks like with a touch screen. We drive along the tracks and we scan all of the cars, the real cars, they have an RFID tag on the side, into the database. And we need, a, we need to do that every night because uh, marketing and management needs this, this data um, fresh every day because we, we're always moving things around. And it was my turn to go out and do that. But the Kubota with a fully heated uh, cab, you know, insulated, had broken down. It was in the shop for repairs. So we were using a rental piece of junk. Um, it was uh, a two-seater. RTV Kubota, one of these limousine type of things, no cab or anything. Um, it was super cold. And I'm like, I was dreading that all night, but I finally got out and started doing it. And I had to get rid of my gloves because it's touch screen. So one hand I'm driving, the other hand I'm driving along. And I, uh, my hand started to freeze up. I was out there like two minutes. I wasn't getting anywhere and I'm like, this isn't gonna work, this is insane. And on behalf of AGP, I would like to say that um, I could have refused to do that. It is an option. Um, they won't make you do anything that you don't feel safe doing. And so, but I'm like, ah, they'll just send somebody else out. And so I start, I, I actually, I don't like this part. I was thinking of ways to get around it, um, tell the story, but God said that uh, you must be completely transparent and so, um, what happened then, I just, I was overcome with emotion and I started to cry. And it was, it, that's an understatement. I was, I was really, I was really bawling, you know. And then a scripture came to mind from the book of Job, where Job says, um, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. And I began to say those words. It was sort of a, submission type of thing. I'm like, God could do anything. You're a consuming fire. You could do something about that, but if you don't, it's all for your glory. And if you do, whatever, it's, it's for my good, whatever. But there's another part to that verse that I didn't say, and I heard God say, say the words. But I, uh, I, was, I was stubborn. I was crying too hard, and I was stubborn. And I'm like, the thought I had was, why should I do that? I, I've already said half of them, and you know it, it doesn't do any good. It's just words. 
But uh, eventually I out and said that last part of what Job says, blessed be the name of the Lord. And it probably sounded more like, blah, 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 blah. You know, I was, I was crying so hard and um, I was freezing. Um, uh, my hands had lost all of their feeling. And right when I said that, something amazing began to happen. My hand started to thaw out, apparently by itself. And I was taking that in. What just happened here? You know, I was, this is, I, nothing changed. I'm starting to warm up, and uh, this is great. And it was a different kind of warmth than you would feel in a fire or in front of, you know, in front of a fire or in a hot tub, but uh, nevertheless, it was a warmth, and I was so caught up on that that I almost didn't notice at the same time, some words began coming out of my mouth that I did not understand, and it, it started off as blubbering at first because I was just, it was kind of replacing my tears in, in a sense. But then I, my mind finally caught up with that, and I'm like, whoa, I'm speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. And, uh, yeah. And this is, this is fantastic. I, I've heard many stories, but this is unique to me. And I was, as I, I just began driving along and doing the job, which was a second hand now, I, didn't, I was just doing it, you know, as a secondary thing. I didn't even think about that driving along, scanning cars into the, into the device that we use, and just praying, and it, it didn't matter. I, I could start in English. It would come out in this new tongue, in this language, or German, whatever. It, it just, it was so, it was, it wasn't a great experience that I had. Um, and, and I want to say that I still had my sense of feeling. I could feel everything. I didn't need my gloves anymore. I could take off both my gloves. I had them on the seat beside me. I, and you go out today, you touch any metal surface that's been out there, um, it's, it'll burn your hand. It's so cold. But I was holding onto everything. I was you know, driving. I could feel the cold. I could feel the wind on my face, but um, it didn't penetrate my skin. And um, as that's, that's an external thing that was taking place. I was also, um, the, you know, there's, there, the Bible talks about faith, um, the gift of faith. And I know if I've, I've, always, I've always had faith, um, saving faith in Christ. But this was something different. I, I, um, it's hard to explain other than I saw all things as possible. There, were no, there was nothing that I could think of that wasn't possible. Um, and, you know, I began to compile a list of things that I should pray for. And as I brought them up, um, there's this guy I know who needs Christ, um, my dad who has leukemia. The spirit would pray with great fervor, and the, <clears throat> the tone of each prayer would would change. It wasn't just something I heard. It was something I felt. It was, there was a great passion there. Um, with, each, with each interceding prayer. Um, and then I had all, I, also, I was still myself. I, I had thoughts, you know, um, my investment portfolio, <laughs> you know, and I, it was completely possible. That's the thing. Um, big mansion on a hilltop, it was completely possible, but the spirit was like, ah, I don't you know, these things aren't, uh, the point is the Holy Spirit was praying according to the will of God, and, uh, and he was doing it through me, and it was the best experience that I've ever had. And now that we're here, um, a month later, I still have my gift, um, not going out in the cold anytime I want when, without protective clothing on or anything, but I still have my... Uh, tongue, my new language, I, can, I actually discovered yesterday that I can now actually sing as well, um, which is quite amazing. I like to sing, and this is, this is a new discovery, so I can pray at any time, and I can sing in my new language, and uh, 
I think that pretty much concludes what I had to say. <laughs> Thank you, Titus. Thank you for sharing. Um, what a powerful testimony. You know, God, just in that 4.30 a.m. time, when you think, the Holy Spirit must have abandoned me. You know, I'm in this place, I'm freezing cold, and, and God just comes on you in the place you least expect it. And, and so I think that that's so awesome that God used you. When you, when you said those words, the Lord gives and takes away, but blessed be yes. the Lord. Right? And it was, that was something you didn't want to say. That was something that was hard to praise God when you're sitting in that storm right there in, in that difficult situation. But you, you press through and you say, not my will, God, but yours be done. And, sure. and so we're excited for you. I'm excited to see what God does. He's already using you to share your testimony up here today. So one more time, would you give it up for Titus and what God did? Thank you, Titus, for sharing. Appreciate it. Sure, sure. Um, it, uh, relative to this message today... Um, I was actually called to fast 24 hours before that happened, and really? I, I almost ignored that. Um, I was just sitting down to eat a big meal that I'd made for myself, and I heard God say, it's time to fast. And uh, I just sat, oh, it's, sat down and just ate it. And after that, ah, oh, man, I came back to that, and I'm like, okay, I'll fast now. And yeah. So I did a 24-hour uh, fast, yeah. and then 24 hours after that is when that happened. So Amazing. I, I mean, I, See, I didn't I know don't that before. So God know, broke yeah. through through fasting. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Um, sometimes I just fast voluntarily, but um, yeah. it's a good place to start. You won't always hear God saying, "Yeah, you should fast." So but stand faithful. Yeah. Love it. Thank you, Titus, for sharing. That was that was incredible. God does powerful things when we fast, when when we when we give up, and and I believe that as you take time to fast. As you start taking time to refocus, get back on the right path, whatever it may be, that God is going to bring blessing in your life like never before. He's going to bring blessing in your life. He's going to take you out of the thorns and put you into that fertile soil. And you're going to see people around you are going to notice something different about you. And they're going to start coming to Jesus. See, I believe this is the year. Maybe you've been praying for a long time, but I believe that as we fast, that this is the year that you get baptized in the Holy Spirit. I believe that this is the year that God answers your prayer. I believe that this is the year that, that those family members you've been praying for for a long time, this is the year they come to Jesus. I believe this is the year, the year that you get freedom from that addiction and you finally beat that thing. I believe that this is the year that you experience your healing because we serve a God like none other serve a God like none other. This is the year as we take time to fast, as we take time to get rid of those thorns. But it all starts by asking yourself that question. What's pulling you away from Jesus? What's pulling you away from Jesus? What, what can you give up? What thorns do you need to remove from your life? How can you refocus those resources on Jesus, right? What's, what's, what's pulling you away from loving God? What's distracting you from loving the people around you? What's stopping you from sharing Christ, from sharing the, the greatest message the world has ever known? What's holding you back today? What's holding you back today? I'd like to invite you to stand. And we're going to close with a song. And as we sing with this song, I want you to just to take some time to pray and ask God, God, what, what do I need to give up? What do I need to fast? What do I need to give to you? Some of you out there, you know exactly what it is. I mean, God's been speaking to it to you very loudly all service long, and it's just you've been trying to be like, no, no, no. But you know that's God speaking to you. And maybe during this song, you just need to say yes. You just need to say yes to God. God, I'll give that up. I know it's going to be difficult, but I'm going to give it up. Because God, I don't want to live in the thorns anymore. Maybe some of you, you know, like, okay, just saying yes isn't enough. Maybe you need to come down to the front, and it's going to take some work, but you need to come down and just lift up your hands as a public declaration of saying, yes, God, I'm going to do it. I'm going to give it to you. It's going to be all yours. You know, maybe some of you out there today, again, you're, you're, you're on the path or you're on the, the rocky soil, and you, you've fallen away from Jesus, and you want to give your life to Jesus today. Now's the time to do it. I'm, I'm going to be up front. I'd love to pray with you. So come on down, catch me. I'd love to pray with you and, and, and celebrate with what God is going to do in your life. He is going to change you. Uh, I believe that today. And, and the last thing today is, is as we're praying, as we're doing these things, before you leave today, tell somebody what God spoke to you. 
Tell somebody. Tell them, God told me to give this up. Because you're a lot more likely to do it if you got more people in your corner than just you. So tell a spouse. Tell, tell a friend. Grab somebody and tell them, this is what God told me to give up. Keep me accountable. Encourage me. Right? And if they tell you, encourage them. Let them know. Ask them next week, how's it going? What can I pray for you about? We're going to go to God. So ask him, God, what, what can I give up? Uh, say yes to God. And, and let's seek him during this next song. that as we fast, as we give up, as we turn our attention, as our, we refocus on you, God, that breakthrough is going to come. God, you're going to help us to love you, to love people and share Christ like never before. God, this city is going to be reached for you. Lives are going to be changed. People are going to be healed. Your spirit is going to just 
fill this place. It's going to fill our city. It's going to fill our schools. It's going to fill our workplaces. God, and you're going to change us like never before. So God, we pray. God, would you baptize people in your spirit this week? God, we, we, would you bring healing this week? God, would you bring salvation this week? Would you bring freedom this week? Would you help us to overcome this week? This is the year. This is the year that will never be the same again. Keep our eyes on that finish line. God, may we make every decision in light of who you are and wanting to spend time with you and, 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 and have eternal life in your presence. So Jesus, we, we love you. God, I pray that you would take these things that you've spoken to us today. May we not hold on to them ourselves. But God, may, may we tell others. May we keep each other accountable. God, may we grow together. Lord, we love you. We thank you. God, bring victory this week. Give us strength this week to do the things you called us to do. Bless this church. Bless these people. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Have a great uh, week this week and a great new year.